listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. We're coming to you right across Australia from Hobart, Tasmania. Uh, each weekday at 9am and also at 4.30pm in Tasmania. If you are listening in Tassie, you can catch us uh, at 4.30. Uh, this morning we've got Gary Webster continuing his program, Lifetime Search. Welcome, Gary. Morning, Jason. Morning, Jason. Great to be here again. Yeah, good to have you. Um, Gary, you've been uh, presenting uh, a, a great series. I've been fascinated by some of your archaeological uh, topics and what have you, but on the way we've learned about some of your travels and um, I'd be interested to know what's been one of the most exhilarating places you've been. Oh, Jason, <laughs> not just one, man. Without a doubt, probably uh, the Grand Canyon in the States, Iguazu Falls down in Brazil, Argentina way. Valley of the Kings, you know, uh, it, it's pretty dry and barren, but there's an awesomeness about the about the cliffs around there, and of course Petra with its with its uh, magnificent buildings carved out of rock. The whole surrounding that the whole place is just awesome, and then of course you've got the fairy chimneys of Cappadocia. It sounds like I'm taking around the world, but there's just so many beautiful <laughs> I, places. I, I don't even know where half of these places are, Gary. So. Uh, well, fairy chimneys of Cappadocia. That's Turkey, right. Petra in Jordan. Yep. And, of course, the Valley of the Kings in, in, in Egypt. But, you know, right here in Tassie, we've got some of the best uh, country that you can find. You know, the gorge there at Launceston, Cradle Mountain, Wineglass Bay, Fair, Russell Falls and so on. We could name it. And, of course, other awesome places in our country on the mainland. I mean, you know, nothing better than going out into some of those magnificent gorges in the northwest of West Australia and... Uluru and all those places, we've got some awesome country. Yeah, we have great sites. Yeah, we're lucky to live in a great place. And uh, today down here, it's a beautiful blue skies as well. So we've had a bit of rain over the past few weeks. So it's nice to have some nice weather as well. Mm. Um, Now I'll just uh, let our listeners know our show number. If you're listening for the first time, uh, write this number down. You can interact with us. You can send us questions, queries, feedback, and uh, later in the program we have an offer that you can take advantage of. So our show number, this is for Tassie Encounters only, is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine. That's 0488880891. Write it down, stick it on your fridge or wherever you want to put it, maybe in your phone. Uh, That is a mobile number that you can text in us anytime and we do monitor that. So Gary, where are you taking us today with your program, Lifetime Search? Yeah, good question, Jason. And, uh, you know, remember the last couple of programs we've been looking at the evidence that there is a God. We looked at prophecy. The predictions revealed the existence of God. And then, of course, we also looked last week at changed lives, indicate that there, there, there must be somebody out there. So today what I thought we'd do is look at the evidence from the wonderful world of nature and science that uh, helps us in this space. Awesome. Now. Now, yeah, there are, there are actually two main beliefs or theories today of the origins of the universe and of life. Of course, one is uh, naturalistic evolution, where the idea is that the first life formed was from a primordial soup of organic molecules with the help of sunlight and things like that. And then, of course, Charles Darwin's theory of evolution states that um, evolution happens by natural selection, and then individuals in a species show variation in physical characteristics. As a consequence, those individuals that are most suited to their environment survive 
and uh, given enough time, the species will gradually evolve. And so, you know, um, we've begun from a, a single cell in the primordial soup to where we are today as human beings. And, of course, there's no God involved in that because for many, of course, there is actually no God uh, with that uh, with that belief system. Yeah. Then, of course, there's creation by God, uh, Jason, where we have the Bible begins with these famous words which were read when the astronauts went into space, you may recall. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So there we have God as the originator. Mm. So those are the two, you know, main theories we have for the origins of life and and the universe behind all that. But each of these, we must understand, are theories. None of us were there when any of either of those uh, supposed beginnings took place. Uh, and each of these, you know, people who believe in these produce evidence to support their belief. They, they neither of them are uh, can be said to be, uh, you know, this is what it is. We believe, but um, we weren't there. None of us were there. It wasn't. And, it wasn't uh, something that we can go back and observe or, yes. or even reproduce. <laughs> exactly. Scientifically, not producible. Yeah, um, that's for sure. Now, of course, there's interesting today, Jason, that that there's quite a, a, a move going on among scientists and mathematicians, many of them. They claim to be finding abundant evidence today for a, a god or a designer behind it all. Right. And um, they, they've, there's a number of things that they have discovered that, that suggest, hey, just from science, there must be someone, something out there. So, so, so what, 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 what is some of that evidence? <laughs> Okay, let's let's have a look at uh, at some of those, Jason. Uh, the first one would be the finitude of the universe. By that we mean the universe is actually not has not been here for eternity. You see, back in the twentieth century, the majority of scientists, most scientists, thought that um, you know matter and energy had been eternal, right. always there, but that's not the case today. Um, Scientific uh, studies suggest that the universe is actually finite in its duration. It hasn't been here forever. Uh, and that's really came about especially through Edward, Hu- Edward, Hubble's, Edward Hubble's discovery that the universe seems to be expanding mm. uniformly in all directions. And that, of course, led to the idea of what they call the Big Bang, yeah. which states that... Uh, this uniform expansion must have begun with a single event. So it began way back some time in space, and we're seeing the thing expanding today. Now, of course, Jason, since that initial theory was postulated, uh, we've got more evidence for that from satellites and so on that's confirmed that the universe is indeed expanding. Mm -hmm. And um, what I want our listeners to know, at least this theory... It's a theory, <laughs> not a, not, we, you know, it's not like it's a fact, but it's a theory, a belief that people have. At least this theory acknowledges what the Bible actually said so long ago. In the beginning, God. There was a beginning, whereas scientists back in the 20th century, most of them thought it, matter and energy were like eternal. But the yeah. Bible said, in the beginning, mm. God. So there's at least some things that uh, the Bible and science agree on. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's one thing 
that, uh, you know, as I said, go back uh, last century and people thought the Bible on that point was ridiculous because matter and energy are eternal. But now they realise, no, hang on, this idea of an expanding universe indicates that there must have been a beginning at some point. So what other evidence um, have you got to share in, in terms of how science points to there being a creator? Right. Okay, so I guess the second one, and probably what um, atheists, in fact, believe is the most difficult one for them to come to grips with, is the fine-tuning of the cosmos for for life on this planet. Mm. You see, from galaxies and stars to the subatomic particles, you know, the atoms and so on, the cosmos appears to be very fine-tuned to support life on Earth. This is well recognised. Uh, over the last few decades, in fact, uh, Jason, scientists have discovered somewhere between a couple of dozen to three dozen fine-tuned parameters, or constants they call them, that are necessary to provide life on Earth. And if you change one of those just by sometimes a very small fraction, life could not have existed on this planet. For example... Take gravity. Mm. We all get the gravity. When we sort of jump, we end up on our feet, don't we? Well, we hope we end up on our feet. <laughs> we, yeah, as well. well. Most of the time we do, unless we fall over in the, in the process. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Not nice, nice, nice experience sometimes. Well, the force of gravity is determined by the gravitational constant. There's a constant in, the, in, in that equation for the force of gravity. And, and if this constant this was varied by as little as 1 in 10 to the, to the 60th, with 60 noughts, just one with all those zero point, you know, one in, in all of that, we would not exist. So it's very finely tuned, <laughs> 1 in 10 to the 60th. Here's another one. What about the expansion rate of the universe. Now, this is driven by what we call the cosmological constant. We won't get into that sort of thing, but it's connected with what we call, uh, well, in, in a sense, anti-gravity. But for, that doesn't matter too much. But if it's changed by 1 in 10 to the 120th, there would be no... Now, now we're not talking about... You know, just a uh, you know a reasonable. Vir- We're talking about a very, very, very little difference from what that is. We would not have life, mm. uh, and scientists are recognising this um, today. Here's another one. What about if mass and energy? If mass and energy in the early universe uh, were not evenly distributed, not all over, to a precision of one part in ten to the 10 with 123 <laughs> zeros after it. The universe would be hostile to life of any kind. Mm. So it's, it's unbelievable, Jason, what the, what the scientists are discovering, that, that we are a privileged planet in all of this. Um, now, it certainly seems to point to the fact that uh, there's a very precise and intentional um, space for us to exist in. Yeah, and that's and that's what they're they're actually saying. Now, there's just three out of the three dozen, roughly. Mm. Imagine because you've got to have all the other fine tune. It's like it's like um, you've got a, a razor blade standing on its edge, and on top of that is a a pin on top of the the razor edge, and on top of the pin there's a ball, and on top of the all of those things all have to line up, man. Mm. 
So it's it's unbelievable. That's why Stephen Hawking's said this um, when he was uh, when he was alive. He said the remarkable fact is that the value of these numbers seem to have been very finely adjusted to make possible the development of life. So scientists recognise the fine tuning. Mm. Now, go ahead, Joseph. We we need to go to a break, Gary. Have you got much more to share in this area? Yeah, let's let me let, let, let me continue on that when we've had a break because it, it's 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 remarkable. We won't take long more on this one, but it's it's it just goes to show we are a very privileged planet. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's have a listen to this uh, song, "My Cathedral," uh, by Chris Rice. Uh, it's a it's a, a really beautiful song. Days of childhood Playing in the deep woods Stomping through the creek And feeling oh so much alive Camping in the forest We join the cricket chorus And hum our songs of gratitude Around a crackling fire And out here in the stillness I found my house of worship with column trees and canopy of stars Here in my cathedral It was beneath the blue skies I ran down to be baptized I felt the river wash me clean Dried beneath the sun and To this day believing Wide awake or dreaming I scan the ancient sky And understand where I belong Cause out here in the stillness I find my house of worship With column trees and canopy of stars Here in my cathedral This is where I find my soul Out where holy men of old First melting soul And thanked you for the rain Wrote the psalms that filled the air Herald angels sang their prayer Out beneath your darling constellations So let me often wander Robin's song and thunder Surrounding me with stained glass leaves That change with every breeze And out here in the stillness I'll find my house of worship With column trees and canopy of stars Here in my cathedral Chris Rice with My Cathedral. Welcome back to our program today and we've been uh, talking about the wonderful world of nature that uh, really we believe that God has uh, designed specially for us and we were talking about some of the evidence for the exact precision as to where life can exist in this universe and Gary you've got a few more things to share. 
Yeah, just quickly, Jason, on this one, all those numbers from those constants point to the idea that we're not here by accident, mm. but, but instead we're positioned on our planet within the universe with just the right parameters for the purpose of life. Now, the question is then, how come this fine-tuning? And yeah. there are actually three possibilities when you think about it. Number one, uh, it's just necessary. Mm. A life-prohibiting universe is impossible, but the trouble with that is that's dead wrong because it's more likely when you look at the whole universe that life couldn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> so that doesn't really hold out. Um, and these numbers, these constants that we're talking about are not determined by nature, so, so where do they come from? And then, of course, there's chance. You know, we just got lucky. We just, <laughs> it just happened by chance. Well... Let's be realistic. The probability is way, 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 way too small for just chance. And so because of this, Jason, some have suggested what we call the multiverse. The, 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 only, the reason for that is, well, we just reduce the chance a little bit. <laughs> but that's all it does. It doesn't answer the question. And there's no scientific evidence, actually, for this idea of the multiverse. It's people's idea. Mm. The best explanation really is design, mm. a god. Which is why Dr. John O'Keefe, a NASA scientist, had this to say about fine-tuning. We are, by astronomical standards, he said, a pampered, cosseted, cherished group of creatures. <laughs> Our Darwinian claim, the idea that we just happened, to have done it all ourselves is as ridiculous, he said, as, as a charming as a baby's brave efforts to stand on his own feet and refuse his mother's hand. If the universe had not been made with the most exacting precision, we could never have come into existence. It's my view, he said, that these circumstances indicate the universe was created for man to live in. In actual fact, Jason, that's exactly what the Bible indicates. The heavens, the Bible says, declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They have no words, they don't speak audibly, no sound is heard from them, yet their voice, their message, as it were, goes to all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. We can see by looking at nature there's somebody out there. That's Psalm 19, verse 1 to 4. Let's go to a... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, so, so we've been looking at, I guess, the macro, the, you know, the, the massive scale of the universe and, and the precision required there. But um, you've got some information that uh, gives evidence even at the micro level as well. Yes, yes, we do. And that's a, a good point. We could, we could look at the complexity of the, of the, of the cell. Um, a single cell, Jason, is so complex that it defies the possibility that such a thing could simply emerge from some primordial slime. One of the best things I did in my early years was to study medicine and and then uh, continue on in biochemistry and uh, immunology. And uh, I was just blown away by the complexity of just a single cell which we can't even see. Mm. Now, for example, there can be no proteins without DNA, you know, the genetic material. Mm. And without RNA, we hear a lot about that, of course, with COVID-19 vaccinations and so on, don't we? Yeah. But there can be no DNA and RNA and so on without proteins. So you can't have proteins without those and you can't have DNA without proteins. So <laughs> which a, came first? And, <laughs> exactly. It's a chicken egg. And, and it goes on and on like that um, in, in so many ways. It's just just amazing. 
In other words, as we look closer at cells, the building blocks of every living thing, we find uh, that these building blocks are in themselves as complex as our own bodies that they make up. (laughs) Mm. It's just phenomenal. Even the simplest form of life uh, appears to be actually irreducibly complex, uh, such that it couldn't have come into existence just by natural means. Let, let, Let me illustrate what we mean by irreducible complexity especially when it comes to the cell and the chemical level. Charles Darwin actually once said this, if it could be demonstrated that any complex organ existed which could not possibly have been formed by numerous successive slight modifications, that's evolution, he said, my theory would absolutely break down. Now, he said that at a time before we had the wonders of biochemistry and could understand things at the the minutest level. Mm. And so we've actually discovered, scientists have actually discovered irreducibly complex systems. And probably the best way to illustrate that before I talk about some of those is here's an example of an irreducibly complex system in that we all get. A mouse trap. Okay? Yep. Caught any mice lately, Jason? My cats catch mice. There's been a few mice. I know there's been a bit of a, a mouse plague going down the east coast of Australia, and yeah, I, think we've, right I think we've got um, more mice than normal in, in Tassie at the moment, and we've got a few cats, and he likes to go out and catch the mice. Well, I'm not talking about that sort of a mouse trap, but... <laughs> but that's <laughs> a complex ordinary... one. <laughs> <laughs> you very... Uh, take the ordinary mouse trap. You know, what, what could you actually do without on that mouse trap and still catch mice. Well, what about the hammer? Well, of course, not going to kill the mouse. What about the board on which the mouse, all the parts fit? Well, of course, it's just going to be like jellyfish. You know, it's not going to hold together. And what about the spring? Well, it's not going to smack bang on the poor mouse's head. So, in other words, that's an irreducibly complex system. You will not catch mice unless all the parts all, are there. Yeah, all the parts are necessary. At the same time. Yeah. So now scientists have discovered irreducibly complex systems. You've got to have all the parts or you're not going to have it. You can't hang around while they gradually develop them. Mm. For example, blood clotting, uh, the fibrin clot. I was fascinated to study this to, to see that there's a whole bunch of proteins, of chemicals that have to be present to make your blood clot. And if they're not all present, you're in big, big trouble, Right. Another one is the eye. Now, uh, you know, we, we, you sometimes hear, oh, the, the simple eye developed into a complex eye and so on and so forth. But, but let's get down to the chemical level. It takes chemicals to actually make us see. And if all the chemicals aren't there at the same time, you're just not going to see full stop. Mm. So... We have, we have, and there are many other irreducibly complex systems in nature, but I think the best explanation for this, Jason, is not chance because you can't, you've got to have all the things there at the same time. It's not going to happen. The best thing is, is what the Bible says. It says, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made or came to be. He spoke and it took place. He commanded and it stood firm. You, you get the idea that from the biblical perspective, 
They just happen. And they had to just happen or nothing would take off. So that's what we call irreducibly complex. Hmm. I think another one that illustrates, Jason, the that uh, there must be somebody behind all this is DNA. Yeah. Now, DNA is that genetic material, you know? Yep. <clears throat> and um, that's actually a language. It's a code. And you, your, your genetic information is, is coded in such a way that it's actually going to tell the body, the, the cell, I should say, which protein to make. Yeah. The sequence of the DNA chemicals determines what protein will be produced by the cell. Uh, so, in other words, cells contain information. Now, DNA most closely resembles a sort of a language uh, because it encodes that information necessary for life. Now, the information in any human's 70-plus trillion cells in just one cell is equivalent to more than several sets of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Mm. In one cell, you can't even see the cell, but there's this code, this language that, if you would. And so we have to ask ourselves, where does all this information come from? Because the presence of of all this information implies a source of intelligence that puts it together. Mm. Uh, And information requires, you know, intentionality. Doesn't come from a random process, you know. You throw a bunch of letters up in the print shop. It's not going to come down as the Sydney Morning Herald or the the the, the Hobart Mercury or something, is it? Yeah, uh, it, requ- it requires somebody to uh, to carefully assemble assemble the information exactly. Mm. Um, and there's only one principle that we you know know can come up with such complex interactive systems, and that's intelligence. Mm. And this is the explanation that's most comparable with the with the, with the facts. Mm. So it's 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 really, really quite remarkable, Jason, what they've discovered there about irreducible complexity and DNA as an as a language, which means you have to have intelligence behind it all. Yeah, it's uh, time for another break, Gary. But just before we do, uh, we'll just introduce our offer for today. It's a yeah. book titled Creation and Evolution by Dwight Nelson. Uh, I'm, I'll give you the number again, 0488880891. You can write that down and text us in a bit later. We'll give you the code and we'll give you a bit more information about that book. So 0488880891. Our next song is by Dallas Home. He means all to me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
to me by Dallas Holm it's a great song Gary oh yeah I just love that song beautiful it says it all doesn't it yeah now um, we've been uh, talking about this complexity at the micro level and uh, we really just um, you know you and I I guess uh, uh, are convinced that there must be uh, a creator God who, who put all this together but uh have you got any more evidence that um, can help cement those uh, those beliefs? Yeah, yeah, Jason, there are perhaps uh, just two more that I'll share. I mean, you could share all day if we wanted to, but this time I, I want to take us to the science of mathematics. Uh, mathematics have, have realised there's a probability problem in the idea that it just happened by chance, so let, mm. let, let me illustrate, and I'll I'll try to make this uh, fairly simple for us. Um, but uh, it, it's fascinating. Let me let me talk about uh, what the what the mathematicians are actually saying. They're saying the sums just don't add up when you look at the probability. And let's talk about proteins. Now, everybody understands proteins. They are here has proteins. Our blood has a protein called haemoglobin that carries oxygen. Uh, proteins, uh, you know, muscle fibres and so on, they're, they're just everywhere in the Bible, they're in, the bo- in the body, I should say. Um, and proteins are sort of like the uh, very critical to all of us, of course. Even the, the chemical reactions in our body are, are um, helped by what we call enzymes, which are proteins as well. Now... Um, the proteins themselves are made up of little tiny chemicals called amino acids. There are about 20, 21 that are, that are used in the body, by the body, to make proteins. And these, prote- these amino acids, little chemicals, are joined together and the order in which those amino acids are arranged 
and the type of amino acids that are actually in that and the way they are arranged, they make a specific protein, okay? So a certain number make a certain protein and certain of those 2021. 20, now, um, when we look at this, the an average, you know, a normal, an average protein is about 100 amino acids roughly, um, which is, uh, you know, uh, not a massive one, but just the, the average one. Now, mm-hmm. the chance of having 100 amino acids having the correct order to make a certain protein, you know what the chances are of that just happening, Jason? Just that a, an average protein with 100 amino acids arranged in a certain sequence, the chance of that happening is this. One in 12, one chance in 12,680. Right. With, you know, with 127 zeros after it. Yeah. That, uh, come on, if you're a gambling person, I don't that's, think you're going to go there. No, absolutely not. <laughs> and that's what the mathematicians are saying, is saying, hey, come on, look, the chances of just that happening by itself, at, you know, at, by accident, is, 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 is impossible. Yeah. So, so the mathematicians say, but let's make it easy. Let's make it easy. Let's make the whole world the whole planet, just amino acids. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing else but amino acids. So, you know, there's plenty to grab hold of yeah. to put together. So let's do that. Now the chances, you know what they are now? They're one chance in 388 with 80 zeros after it. Well, that's better than 127, but it's not one in two by a long shot, is it? <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So that's and yet what, what you're saying there is if you filled up the entire planet with amino acids, then that's yep. still the chance that that would happen. That's still yeah. the chance of getting mm. them in the right order. Mm. <laughs> and, and, you know, to make a specific protein. And, and this right. is all meant to have happened just by accident. This is meant to have happened by accident. So this is why the mathematicians are saying, come, come on, well, the, the, the numbers are, are pretty... It Pretty doesn't awesome. add up. Yeah. Now, the suggested evolutionary time is, of course, 4.5 billion years and life is 3.5 billion years, they say. Now, the mathematician said, okay, what's the chance of during all that time of getting one correct, just one in all of that time and all of the amino acids available, what's the chance now through all of that 4.5 billion years? They say impossible. Now, why do they say impossible? Well, the mathematicians know that each protein that you're making there, that's just happening by chance, would have to rearrange itself uh, 20, 260 with, what is it, about 60, 50 zeros after it times per second. So, you know, let's imagine we've got this protein that's just happening by chance. So we've got the amino acids are coming together and it goes something like this. Oh, we got it wrong. Start again. Oh, we got it wrong again. Let's start again. Oh, we got it wrong. Let's start again. So you would have to do that 267 with about 50 zeros after it. Not quite that many, I think, 20, 30 times per second. Wow. That's how fast those things would have to go to, in 4.5 billion years to come up with the one perfect one of just one amino acid, of one protein. Now, they say that's impossible. Why? Because physically and chemically it's impossible. Chemical reactions don't happen that fast. No. So, so it's amazing. And don't forget, Jason, that's just one protein. Mm. <laughs> and we know that in a cell it takes 75 
different proteins to make one protein. Mm. So we haven't even started. Mm. So that's why the mathematicians are saying, forget it. Mm. Forget it. This thing didn't happen by chance and a whole bunch of time. Um, and so that's that's where we're sort of uh, headed with this thing, Jason. You know, it's, it's quite remarkable when you stop and think about um, what scientists uh, have discovered that supports the idea that it looks like there's some sort of a design. And then you think about it. It almost boggles the mind. Um, you've seen some buildings around, Jason. Did it just happen by chance? Yeah, no, they didn't. They all have a designer and a builder, and uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, a jumbo seven four seven or a, a an A three eighty plane doesn't just sort of you know someone just didn't throw a whole lot of scrap metal inside a building and suddenly whoa out come a you know a jumbo seven four seven. That's what we're sort of talking about. Only much more complex. A jumbo seven is very complex. 747, but it's nowhere near as complex as your body and my body. Mm. <laughs> Just unbelievably complex. So when you stop and think about it, why why do we say or why do people say that all this just happened by chance? I think it, I think it has to be because they, they don't want to acknowledge that there's a God, there's a creator. You were true that mm. some of them have actually implied that. Mm. In fact, I was watching a program just yesterday on the fine-tuning of the universe and they acknowledged very clear, clearly, the scientists, um, they said, yeah, you look, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, the fine-tuning, it's just incredible. Uh, and there's only three explanations. Uh, one of them is God. They said, well, that one can't be. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's like the elephant in the room. Mm. Um, everything else in life that we see in our, in our world that, you know, has a, has a, has a, 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 a maker, a builder, an art has an artist. But suddenly when we come to something far more complex, we say, oh, it just happened. Mm. You know, uh, I th- I, in some respects, we, we are, are not showing much sense sometimes when we, yeah, we, we seem to almost want as a human race these days, especially in the Western world, as you said, to want that there will be no God because maybe that God would have some things that he would like to uh, say to us that will help us and we don't want to follow that. or you know. So there's various reasons, I think, why we just try to, as human race, avoid the idea that there's a God out there. I think we okay. like, uh, you know, as, as humans, we like the idea that we're in charge of our own destiny and not... Uh, not uh, somehow responsible or accountable to something greater than us. Yes, but, uh, true, true, yeah. true, Jason. Yeah. And the, the strange thing, of course, is that just like, you know, in the natural world, when we eat the right things or we, we you know, follow the laws of nature in, in terms of health and so on, we, we ha- usually have a better outcome. Mm. Right? Yeah. And so God is only um, wanting to help us in life, not yeah. to sort of somehow be a, a mean grandpa or something. Yeah. <laughs> he, he loves us and so or he's, or he's wanting to help us. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I just want to give a bit more information about our offer today, Gary. Uh, yeah. It's Creation and Evolution by Dwight Nelson. And it's a thoughtful look at the evidence that a master designer created our planet did a yeah. loving God create this earth, or are we the random product of millions of years of natural selection? Is the Bible teaching a literal six-day creation 
sorry, is the Bible teaching of a six, uh, literal six-day creation viable, given the scientific evidence pointing towards evolution, or can both theories successfully be blended into one? Take a look at the evidence, prayerfully search your heart, and then draw your own conclusions. The fact is that since no one was there in the beginning, both theories of the origin require faith, a perfect requirement for the one who wants to know the truth about the beginning and the ending. So that's it. That's the synopsis of the book, uh, Creation and Evolution by Dwight Nelson and The Code. Um, we're going to give you immediately after the break. So Great writer, Dwight Nelson. Uh yeah, uh, Jason, and uh, people, you know, our listeners will really enjoy that book. It's a fantastic read yeah. for them. So, uh, highly recommend that you text us in. Uh, we're going to have a listen to this song now, How Great Thou Art, by Chris Ross. Thou art, then sings my soul, 
Beautiful version of that old hymn, How Great Thou Art, by Chris Rice. Now, Gary, our offer today, creation and evolution, it's time to give the code away. And that code is DIG and the number 7. That's DIG7. And uh, you can text that number, that code in, just the word DIG and the number 7, no spaces, just that code to 0488-880-891, and we will get that out to you as soon as possible. Now, Gary, uh, you know, science has been pointing to more and more to a creator God, but uh, what have you got to, to finish off this program that uh, sort of reinforces that well well i think probably jason we've probably shared enough to to illustrate that fact but the question i would have in my head if i was someone listening to all this would be so what so what that there's a god and um you know what's that got to do with about my life here in the here and the now and i just want to direct uh, our listeners to isaiah chapter 40 verse 26 28 and 29 because isaiah is actually addressing the question of is there actually a God and one of the things he tells us to do is have a look around us notice what he says this is Isaiah's writings lift up your eyes and look to the heavens who created all these he who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name because of his great power and mighty strength not one of them is missing there's a whole bunch of billions of them out there do you not know says is the question Have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He'll not grow tired and weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. In other words, nature testifies, according to the Bible, that there is a God and that very same God cares about us in today's world. He's available and he wants to help us now. <clears throat> but the interesting thing, Jason, is that the Bible says that Jesus 
Christ was that creator God. I wonder if you could read for our listeners John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3 and verse 14. You could just read that for us. Yeah, it says, uh, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And you know, Paul says a very similar thing. He says, for by him, that's Jesus, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones, dominions, rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him or by him, all things continue or hold together. But, you know, there's actually more than just the fact that Jesus is the creator God. Mm. I want you to read, Jason, uh, Psalms 8, verse 3 and 4. This is a very interesting statement here. When I look at the sky, which you have made, at the moon and the stars, which you set in their places, what are human beings that you think of them, mere mortals that you care for them? Wow, isn't that an awesome question? What is a human being, Jason, in other words? What is man? What is human beings? Well, I guess the answer is that measured by the vastness of space and time, humans are nothing. We're just a little zip somewhere. But when we measure us by the cross of Calvary, human beings are everything, Jason, to our great God. Those the God whose hands fashioned the world, the Bible is telling us, Jesus Christ, the Son. He spread out those same hands on a cross to die for everyone mm. so that we could all have life forever. And that includes even those who hate him. He died for them. Even those who don't even believe in him, who say he doesn't even exist, he still died for every last one of us. Wow, that's a wow thing, isn't it? Sure is, and uh, it's just amazing that, uh, you know, he placed us in the middle of the universe, or, you know, if you want to think about it that way, that um, that uh, we are here in a very special place, but uh, he really does care for us, uh, despite the, you know, the vastness of the, the universe. It's it's unfathomable yeah, in my mind, you know, the, is, the size Jason, the and, yeah. Etc. A Bible's favourite verse or people's favourite verse is, For God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever, that means even one in all of this vastness, Jesus Christ would have still have died for that one person if they were the only person who messed up. Isn't that incredible? It is. Now, Gary, today our free offer, just a reminder for those who haven't texted in. We've had a couple of texts in. Thank you for that. And uh, we've got our Creation and Evolution by Dwight Nelson, and the code is DIG7. That's 0488880891. Text the word and the number 7. No spaces, just DIG7 to 0488880891. Now, Gary, what have you got for us next week on your program, Lifetime Search? Ah, yes, uh, Star Wars. Why so much suffering? That's the big question for many people. I mean, you think about it, while nature uh, says some wonderful things, it also says some, some other things too. There's thorns on the roses and a whole bunch of other stuff that happens in nature where, you know, what's going on here? Why is there so much suffering? We're going to go to Star Wars next week, Jason. Awesome. Looking forward to that. 
Um, and uh, tomorrow we've got Raiko Chelich on his series 3MJ, the final week of Jesus' ministry, and his topic is Jesus and the Law of God. We're going to go out today with a song. Uh, it's called My Father's World. It's a, it's a really nice arrangement of this song by Jaden Lavick. So wherever you're listening today, we hope that you've got a, a, a good uh, message out of today. We hope that you can think about it, that it might have challenged you. But do f- feel free to text us in if you've got any questions. But uh, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, we do hope that you have a good day. And uh, we hope you can join us tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Thanks, Gary. We'll see. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Jason. Bye. This is my father's world. To my listening ears All nature sings And round me rings The music of the spheres This is my father's world I rest me Trees of skies and seas His hand the wonders wrought This is my Father's world Oh, and let me never forget That though the wrong seems all so strong God is the ruler yeah this is my father's word oh the battle is not done cause Jesus who died will be satisfied Jesus, who died, will be satisfied.